0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup, Energy Sports' longest running football show. My name is Jack Donnelly and it's the last episode of our first semester of uni, so we better round off in style. There's plenty to discuss on today's show, so who better to have alongside me than some of Energy Sports' best and brightest? Stuart Garvey, Graham Sinclair and Sean McGill, welcome back to the show. How are we doing this afternoon? Brilliant Jack. I like the enthusiasm, that's good, that's good, I like this. I
1: didn't know it was our last show of the year. No well, well
0: n- I never said last show of the year, last show of the semester. Oh, sh- well. Because we are all finished, like, what, this Friday, next Friday? Yeah, ne- I, I
1: don't know, whenever we'd hand stuff in, I guess.
2: Will there be, no, oh, be no
0: podcast next Monday, then? Well, I'll, I think I'll have. I'll need to have the conversation with, with everyone about that, just to it, know like when people would be free to record, because I think I'm back working full-time as of next Monday. So it might have to be some nighttime recordings. A late-night show.
1: It depends on what the commandic Celtic score is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Each their own, I suppose. Graham, you doing well today? Oh, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to do well, you've not been long up, to be honest with you, mate. I'll give but you that, yeah. Ah, we're getting there, we're gonna, it's going to be a good day.
3: Good, I'm glad, that's good. try and how about yourself? Yeah, I'm okay, to be honest. Bit of revision, pretty
0: boring, though. But yep. standard, yeah. It's Monday. Unfortunately, know the feeling all too well. Right. So, big question this week. I've kind of, I've kind of stolen the idea of it being kind of last week of the semester before everybody buggers off. And every show on Energy's catalogue this week is a bit. It's a bit of a Christmas theme question, boys. I, I know it's two weeks away, but it was an easy cop out, and I couldn't be asked thinking of anything else. So, I'm, I'm, just keen to know what footballer you'd buy a Christmas present for, and what it would be. I'm not having any of that ancient pattern of "oh, let's get Jack Wilson a new hamstring." Like none, none, of that. Like it needs, needs to be thought provoking. Needs to be quite quite clever because uh, you're intelligent. I'll give I'll, I'll say that now on the on the basis that you don't ruin this like Sean did with the f- game shows.
1: But, but <laughs> at least Graham's here, so you can't just listen to it and then criticise with <laughs> Graham's these here, options, exactly.
0: So. But I, I've got I've got a couple. I've got I've got three in case some of you. Get one of mine for whatever reason, but let, let's hear some suggestions. So what what is on your Christmas li- Christmas shopping list for footballers?
1: <laughs> we really need to start doing these in advance. <laughs> really think, think. <laughs> Jack's New some? Year's resolution is to start
0: sending us big questions, right? Before. Fine, fine.
1: <laughs>
0: um, right, do you want? I'll just give you yeah, one of mine tell, then. Yeah, tell us one of yours, bro. Yeah, right, so one of the first that came to mind I, I, I'm buying for Jack Grealish and have you seen the, the clip from the US office where uh, Kevin's carrying that massive tub of chilli up the stairs and then yeah, spills it all over yeah, yeah <laughs> just, just to
3: undercook the, garg- the, the, the onions uh,
0: yeah. I'd, I'd give Jack just three vats of that three vats of that size but it's not chilli it's just a of five hair wax nice he likes
1: his hair that man
0: he does. he does he's a big fan of that hair big fan of that do interesting one personally but we'll move on and I, th- I think he would probably use that in about two weeks the three vats of the stuff so it's a short term uh, solution for a long term problem realistically
2: I would buy Rangers Mr. Steven Davis a comfy lounge chair for him to sit in during games as he absolutely <laughs> bosses them
1: <laughs> I quite like that to be honest I would it have a reclining option Graham they absolutely have a reclining option yeah,
2: I good. went
0: a different route than one of my poster. second suggestions. I said Scott Brown buying him a retirement holiday. <laughs> just do every day at Celtic a favour.
1: Still find a way to play him. I, I think yeah. the backs behind them. <laughs>
2: I buy him a jacket and a mask so he can... didn't have to be a hard man yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I think players walk around with their jackets and their masks on and Brown just walks around short sleeve and no mask. <laughs> I'm <like>, Scott <"Ubscope>
1: Brown. <laughs> I mean... The jacket thing, fine if you want to play the hard man thing, but a mask is also quite important in these times. Yeah. So stay safe, hard. wear
0: a mask, look after yourselves. It's a message we're conveying today. Dafty, right, go on, Sean. Give us some. Give us I something. No,
1: I don't know.
3: <laughs> Leave me alone. I would. Um, I'll, I would stick with down, the Aston Villa theme, and I would get John McGinn a hipstop stop to convince him, <sighs> him to one day come back and complete, <sighs> Crawl out. complete the trifecta of McGinn. <laughs>
2: I would buy Chris Spurk measuring tape so you can just the a Make it
0: <laughs> go
2: uh, a couple of yards longer every time. It's
0: tremendous. <laughs> I really like that. I'd, I'd, al- I'd also have bought Adamatriori shares in Johnson's Baby Oil.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big I, I like that. Um, I really am
0: struggling. <laughs> this is shocking. I've been enjoying other people's Um I mean, Stuart gave us an answer. It was rubbish, but he gave us an answer.
3: Ouch! It was rubbish. It was rubbish. Anna, <laughs> but at the same time, this is a very difficult question on the spot.
1: What do people need? Um, I'm not very good at buying gifts because I'm so selfish, you know. Yeah. But oh, just yeah. Think yeah. About what that I want. That's maybe my problem.
0: I, f- I feel bad for whoever you've got a Secret Santa, then. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> But
1: if they put their address up,
0: though, um, that's how I know it wasn't me because I had my address in straight away. So thankfully, I'm, thankfully, I know you're not getting me. in. <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know. Oh,
2: know with a punishment for you later on in the show, but
1: I think there should be.
0: And what? I'll, um, I'll deal with them because I'm I'm seeing them in person later today. So true.
1: A smack bottom.
0: Smack bottom. That's the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, Graham reminded me that we actually do have segment names on this show that I'd completely forgotten about in the last couple of episodes. And and we're going to start by chewing the football, as we do in Scotland, because I'm so creative in making these segment names. It's genuinely just pish. Uh, The Premiership returned to action after last weekend's Betfraig Cup fixtures, and we'd normally start today's show with a look at maybe the Old Farm or maybe one of the Edinburgh teams. But I'm going to start today's proceedings in Hamilton, Sean.
1: That's so unnecessary. <laughs> it was a massive week in the title race, a big statement win for Hibbs, and you're just trying to laugh at me. Kind of turn the not... show into a joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit kinda of laughing at you because we're all so horrible to each other <laughs> over the weekend when anything bad happens to one of our teams. But no, I I've kinda more looking at it from the Hamilton angle of the last kinda of couple of game weeks. But let me explain for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, Brian Rice's Aki's got their first league victory since October, if I'm right. Uh, at home to 10 man Kilmarnock who saw uh, Clevy De Camona receiving marching orders midway through the first half Sean Kelly have been riding quite high recently and you've made the point that they actually play better with 10 men not on this occasion though
1: apparently not Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's I think our fourth straight sending off of the season which is great love that Um, well to be fair though I wouldn't say that I only saw the highlights to this one but uh, I wouldn't say that it looked like Kelly got battered after they were down to 10. Uh, decent free kick jams. For me, Kelly should have had a penalty. Um, they're both like kind of dodgy handball decisions, but I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but I'd say the Koemanic one's more of a penalty than the Aki's one that does get given. Um, I, it's an, I, I, I wonder about the disciplinary thing, because... It's not really been an issue for a while at Kilmarnock, but then... Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, Alex Dyer's such, like, a chilled guy. It's not like they're going in there with, like, being really fired up, I don't think. And it's... I don't know, maybe it's his standards that make make him think they're not going to get bald at for getting sent off. They're maybe not scared of... I don't know. Everything at Kilmarnock just seems a little bit flat at the the moment. It's all a bit safe and average. And it's actually... We're in a bit of bother now We're getting dragged into... The relegation battle again after I don't think we're going to get away from it. I still do think Kamarnak will be fine, but it's just a, yeah, a wee bit flat. And we've got Celtic and Aberdeen in our next two games, which is
0: Ooh. great. I don't know if it is, Sean, to be honest. I don't know if that is what he gets. Did you see
1: those? Do you think I'm right on the pens? I know we, we don't like to go over referees, But I think the... I can't remember who I never, I I never saw it, them. I never saw them. I just saw laughed squally like and laughed. Um, but quite far back and he's making his body bigger whereas I don't necessarily I'm not sure that Brandon Houndstruck is making his body bigger so I don't know <laughs> and also actually I forgot I hate the SPFL
0: go on then tell us why
1: it's just a joke <laughs> like, I can't like oh right oh. okay Kilmarnock players m- might have sat too close together on the bus that's a crime I know <laughs> <laughs> but they have to forfeit their game against Motherwell. Whereas Ball and Ball and Goal taking a two-day all-inclusive to Spain. He comes back, plays at Rugby Park, and they just get a fine. The Aberdeen all go out and get steaming together when it was a maximum of yeah, three eight. households. A maximum of three households at time. Eight of them. I don't. Some of them might love to get. But wasn't it? It was more than three households, right? And then they just get a fine. And then, I mean, I'm not going to stick up for some madam because they've had about 80 COVID breaches. Something must be going on there. But. Kelly, what they sit too close together on the bus, and they've got they've lost a forty thousand pound fine, and they don't even get the chance to play that game. The points are awarded to Motherwell. It's a joke, and it's why a lot of fans, I think, agreed with uh, Rangers and that there should have been an independent investigation. But the clubs they decided not to. I think most fans, I think most of us were for it because I think we all kind of are a bit. Doubtful of the SPFL's integrity at times, and I would have liked to see it. And i um, I think it would have made, maybe maybe made a difference in this decision. They're a joke.
0: Anyone else want to jump jump in on that at all? Anybody else want to make a comment on that? You sort of
2: comment and say that Motherwell's top goal scorer is now The SPFL with six goals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. Marco O'Hara's only got three. Mhm. It's funny.
0: Brilliant, funny. Uh,
2: um, i, 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 I had big biggest
1: win in about 10 years. So,
2: They're on some c- run of form. <laughs> congrats to North Lanarkshire. I know, I
1: think it's a, a joke that Stephen Gerrard got managed in the month actually, considering that Stephen Robson technically won all five games I think it was, in <laughs> November, without conceding a goal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Only played three of them, but... Unbelievable. No. It's some effort, it's some effort from them.
1: Uh, Jack, you've got a really good segue here to the three 0 at Hibs.
0: I do, but I wanted to talk to Graham about uh, uh, Hamilton first. All right, it was just just host things again, but whatever. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I mean, Graham, that that big massive win for the Akis, of course. I mean, Brown Rice has really been feeling the pressure, I and mean, they got a point against Aberdeen the last um, last fixture in the in the league. And this one, I think they jumped up to tenth in the league, if I'm correct in that. Surely <laughs> not again. Just surely not again. After all that's happened this season, they can't. I'm surprised
2: this time I don't think the squads... I Normally they have a few good players in there, but I don't think the squad's at the same level that it has been in the last few years. So I am surprised to see the results they're getting right now. But it's Hamilton. Hamilton. It's what they do. Yeah, They're good at it. They're fighters. They graft for every single point they get and if they stay up, they, they stay up, it's pretty incredible achievement.
1: Still though, like, that, that, obviously they get a result on Saturday, but uh, is a late penalty against a team that was down to 10 men for two thirds of the game. And they're, another reason they've climbed out of the relegation spots is because they were awarded points as well uh, off the back of St Mirren's breaches. So I, I, I still think that there's... That, that squad is really poor, like Crimson, and I don't know. It's yet to see if they can actually make it. Up. I guess they got that point against Aberdeen the other week, didn't they? But mm. yet, yet to see if they can properly turn this around because before that they were on an absolutely horrendous run of form.
0: Yeah, absolutely, were. I mean, there are two. It's only two points off the bottom, but at the same time, it's only five points separating seventh where Clermont at and twelve.
1: <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs>
0: I do, because it, ma- it makes the relegation fight that much more interesting, because uh, genuinely any of their bottom six could potentially end up going down, and that makes it so interesting.
3: So mm-hmm. They don't have the
0: game in hand as well. They do, they do indeed have that game in hand. Against, well, who is it against? It's Celtic or Aberdeen. Aberdeen, yeah. One of the two. So
1: Because they were allowed to postpone their games. <laughs> I thought you had one postponed recently, though. No. That was the Motherwell one and then they awarded it to Motherwell.
0: <laughs> right <laughs> enough. Well, it's not been a great weekend for Sean. He's he's not really been happy with uh, anything that's happened with come on at this season. or This no. season rather, this, uh, this weekend, my, my apologies. This season's
1: not too far off to be fair. Fair
0: right enough. Uh, but we'll move on to someone who's probably a bit more happier, and we'll speak to Struan about Hibernian, because they hosted Motherwell at Fort Park on Saturday, and despite, despite Motherwell's uh, two back-to-back 3-0 wins, thanks to the SPFL, they were on the receiving end of a 3-0 scoreline uh, with, who was it again, Martin Boyle, Christian Deutsch, and the third of the Hibs McGinn, Steven scoring the goals for Jack Ross's side. Struan, how did you meet this, how did you see this one?
3: Yeah, it's a massive result, to be, to be perfectly honest, when you look at the table... Motherwell, you know, great form as we as we've mentioned there with the three nil's but if if they had come away with a victory they would have moved to within um two points I think. Yeah, they would have been on twenty four and hibs on twenty six. So I think this was massive. And uh, it's good because Hibs are now closing the gap on Celtic to take second place. Do you think they will? Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm being being perfectly honest, Celtic are, are bound to recover their form. Right. So yeah. But I think it's really good. Or take your manager not we? We don't talk <laughs> about these things. I thought we made that clear. Well,
0: we're not going yeah. to talk about the fact that Jack Ross may well leave Aberdeen midway through the season and go to Celtic to replace Neil Lennon.
3: All I'm Jack saying is, it. <laughs> it's already happened with Neil Lennon going that way. So, that's just
0: well has to repeat itself.
3: No. As, is, is, there a con- is there any concern from you that that could end up being the case? Yeah, I think it's always a always a concern. You know, in, in a way, maybe it's. It's an honour that you know such a, a big team in the country like Celtic want your manager, but at the same time, it's absolutely horrible to think that you never know if your manager might suddenly disappear halfway through a season, which hasn't gone very well so far. Mm. But, yeah. I, I don't think he'll leave during the season. I, th- I think I think if if anything was to happen, it would be halfway through. But it just all depends on wh- when Lennon gets sacked, to be honest.
0: I think it is when and not if at this point with him anyway. <laughs> Uh, just as well that result did take you above Aberdeen into third, and I mean Aberdeen—they've got the, they've got the game in hand, fair enough. But that's against Celtic as well, if I'm right. Mm-hmm. So if Celtic win that, they can advance further up. But would that if just with the kind of form Aberdeen are in, kind of two draws back to back? I mean, it was what drawn against St Mirren at the weekend.
3: A questionable red card from Ferguson.
0: Yeah, questionable at best. <laughs> no, questionable at least. Sorry, questionable at least. Um. Are you like confident in definitely locking down third place, or do you think there's kind of more of a chance he could push on into second, or maybe fall back down at the fourth? Like, where do you, where do you see him season going from here?
3: Being fully realistic, if you just make the start of the season, you know what's the best possible finish you've got to say third. You know the old firm are just just too good at the moment, and there's always the question of Aberdeen. You know they they often go underneath the radar and just gradually make their way throughout the season. But there have been some very positive signs, to be honest. I think I think it genuinely could come down to the very last day, to be perfectly honest, or the last week for that third place spot, which of course has a lot of meaning now with all the European places mm. that we potentially have up for grabs.
0: I hope it does, because that would be excellent content, just the last week, it's, it's, all, it's all to play for. Energy Sports' own version of Helicopter Sunday, could you imagine? A, any Aberdeen fans on Energy? <laughs> eh? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. We know people oh. from Aberdeen, so... yeah. That, that's a stretch. You can you imagine Taylor just bombing it up and down <laughs> the motorway between Edinburgh and Glasgow and having to do a U-turn in the middle of it just to go and be on site for a title <laughs> for a, <laughs> a trophy lift? <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Uh, we'll move to Glasgow now where we've kind of been alluding to the fact that Celtic dropped points again. Uh, they drew 1-1 with St Johnston at Celtic Park on Sunday afternoon. The Saints up the score in the 80th minute through Christopher Kane before Mo Yunusi equalised three minutes later. Graham at this point, I mean, what what has got to give for Lennon to go?
2: I'm not sure. To be honest with the I think his time should be up. Actually, I I'm mean, reminded I of an energy an energy flip around up episode last year, I believe, when Struan and Gregor were just like on their phone hoping for Heck and Bottom to be sacked. Oh yeah. Burmish. And part of me is just kind of like that with me. Like, I'm not hoping he's going to but it's on my phone, like kind of waiting for it to happen. Anticipate, yeah, it's more of a guarantee that this does If it doesn't happen today, I think he probably survives until at least the cup final. Yeah, and,
1: I don't think he's going today.
2: You think he's going today?
1: I don't think he will. I think he's still uh, got time. So who Somebody tweeted out saying that he seemed a lot more assured of his job mm-hmm. today than last, uh, sorry, last after yesterday's result than he did the previous week. I just think he has been given assurances that he's got this run to the cup final. I reckon, and then if that was if he, they were to lose that, then he would go. But I think he's—I don't think he is in immediate danger of losing his job. He Which definitely is, should be. I think he has got, the got the a cup last, final. But,
3: well,
2: it's a danger—danger danger to the Celtic because once again, yesterday they they drew a game that really they didn't deserve to get anything more from.
3: Mm. The headlines can. read that you know Saint Johnson had snatched the point, but. In reality, mm-hmm. it probably was the other way around. Can they snatch a point when they go one a up, though?
0: Ultimately, so.
2: going to Celtic Park is still a massive thing yeah, for yeah. our for for informant St Johnson side. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like Celtic created many chances in the game. seems like the first chance of the game was a big miss by Stevie May. I've not seen the highlights quite just yet. I might watch some after this.
0: A very youthful Stevie May, some would say. <laughs> yes, a very
2: <laughs> youthful Stevie May, only 28. Uh, yeah, but just, there's nothing to, to say about Celtic. They haven't really kind of already said, other than I think something I've noted and I've seen is that they're actually performing in the last few games to what their XG is. Right. But XG is a stat that needs to be taken in context, but the context of the Celtic, we're overperforming their XG by half a goal a game, and in the last few fixtures, it has regressed back to the mean, which is... They are not. They're scoring what they should be scoring, which isn't a lot. And mm. as a result, they've been dropping points and losing games.
1: Interesting to see Celtic go back to the back three in the last few weeks. Considering that's what Celtic fans were screaming about. That was the problem. A few well, at the start of the season it was they were screaming because why have we not gone to the three yet? And then that didn't work, so they're screaming why are we sticking with the three? And then they've gone back to it. Christie and Rogic playing. Um in quite advanced positions and it's just I don't know it's um I it just Absolutely. kind of screams the lack of
3: certainty at Celtic just now. And nothing's it? guaranteed. Yeah, even, even the goalkeeper is changing week to week.
1: Yeah,
2: I almost think that three five two works if it's Griffiths and Edwards up top. Yeah,
3: no, yeah, I don't
0: agree really. with that. And then Chris is and sitting behind. Aye, because
1: Edward yeah. drops anyway. That's kind of Edward's thing. That his link-up mm-hmm. plays so good. So who's running beyond when you've got Christine Rogic there? Like maybe Christy, but, but like we've seen, he's not a striker either. Like, it does need to be for me Lee Griffiths, like you said. Um, we should give credit to St Johnston though. That's hundred percent. Yeah, eleventh game unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Um, Calum Davison's doing a cracking job. After I mean, I think going into the season, St Johnston are one of the teams where I really didn't know. Like the ones I was most unsure. If you told me they'd finish like fifth. I would have been like, fair enough. I, I can see that. But then if you told me they would have been relegated, I probably went, yeah, I can see that too. Like mm. it's just quite a weird squad, but um, they're getting results, and
2: yeah. I watched them live, and I watched that oh, play. When I watched them play, I didn't think they were a, they were a team that scored a goal in about three different games worth of games. Like that's how bad they were in front of a goal, and how how uninspired they were going forward. But it seems as though even though the goals are flying. And they've managed to find a bit of solidity and sneak a few goals in there.
0: I think one one thing I do want to kind of address is that cup final that's coming up. I mean, we we know he got off of the job in the showers all after after he won the last game cup final against Hearts. If he loses this, do you think it could be the complete inverse, that he just gets sacked in the showers afterwards? I, I mean, I, I think surely the cup final's an interesting part to play in the whole thing because... At the end of the day, if he loses it, it's still continuing on a bad streak of form and a lot's got to give. But then, on the other hand, it's a one-off game. It's a one-off final that, realistically, yeah, Celtic should be winning because of their record in cup competitions over the years. But I, d- I don't know, what what do we make of it? Do you think it's
3: cup final or goal for Lennon or...? If he do, does lose the cup final, I don't really see how his position could be justified to remain in charge. To be, to be honest, I, I agree with you, but I don't know how his
2: position is justified
3: right now. So I agree with that. I get your point about the one-off on that, final. That's track. what I mean. Like, if it, if it is like, if it's not justified at that point, how can it be justified?
1: Yeah, I, I get what Jack's saying, but also that's been Celtic's thing over the past four yeah. years. Is mm. that they win these games, they win every trophy available to them. The League Cup from this season's already gone. And if he doesn't wrap up the quadruple treble from last season, I just think that's your moment to go, right, this really isn't working now. And especially against a championship side in Hearts mm. who haven't been at the top of the championship now, but they've had their slip-ups. Um, so, I I think that a loss on the 20th of December, and that's end the Neil and drain at Celtic.
0: And Plenty would be very, very happy with that outcome to be honest. would not have to punch any buses anymore. Yeah, no, that that was the thing as well. Just some, I mean, I'll say fans, but that's an inverted commas. And again, we are no, but they are. I, I don't like that.
1: I think though they are fans of Celtic Football Club. Like that's a reflect, and as they reflect part of that fan base, and I think that's you've got to say that every time. I don't think because I think it takes the blame away from football. If you say like, for example, the Millwall fans, we'll maybe get onto that later on. I'm not, I'm not sure what the plans are, but you can't say. And in- as in- in- fans because they are they still are supporters of that football club and they have still done something that is morally extremely wrong. In Celtic
2: case, just another thing is it's probably members of the Green Brigade too are a massive part of that fan base. They are the biggest voice in the fan base, so if it's them that are turning up, it's you have to say fans because yeah.
0: they are Fair, right massive. I uh, so I mean, so Celtic fans that were just going as far attacking the departing Celtic team bus, throwing abuse and physical objects towards it. Uh, I mean Jamie made the point in the group chat itself that if we're gonna if we're gonna protest there's ways ways to go about it without incurring kind of that behavior i mean surely surely this is going too far at this point when it's genuine violent it
1: it was too far last week and I think protesting this sort of manner in, in a pandemic in a city that's meant to be in pretty much full lockdown is wrong and irresponsible and unacceptable anyway so it's just another continuation. of that. I get they're frustrated. Um, I've seen some the fans make the point that um, it's hard just now because they're not allowed into the stadium to make their voices heard. Neither
0: is anyone else though.
1: And exactly. And also, so just because you're not allowed to shout abuse in the stadium and instead gonna throw things at a bus, like I don't understand the line of thinking there it yeah. doesn't just because you can't do what you normally do doesn't mean you should reach these extremes that I, are just wrong and there shouldn't be any justifying it really
0: no i completely agree to be honest I, I just don't understand the need for it to be honest i mean there's better ways to even get your point across like and i can understand i do i do empathize with it in, in the in the sense that i can see why there would be these frustrations after years of dominance and years of Kind of building up to this season where they do have the 10th premiership title on the line and it's all kind of going to pot in the last hurdle and i do and i do get like why there would be frustration about it but it's it's not it shouldn't ever lead to that do you know what i mean like i can understand people wanting to kind of go out and want to have their voices heard and wanting to kind of make put their point across but just like make your point but do it like sensibly and intelligently, like that, because that's just stupid. I'm, like, i like, I don't, I honestly don't really know any other word for it. Just going and launching stuff at the team boss, the team that are going out and actually doing the work. Obviously underperforming just now, definitely, but still going out and doing the work. Just then, just throwing abuse and actual physical things at the boss. It's just idiotic to me.
1: What do they think? What, what sort of messages is it sent from the Celtic board if, say, they do sack Neil Lennon in the midst of all this, and then Celtic fans have set the precedent that if you want to change a football club, start launching things at a bus. Like, Do I see why a new it, manager something... would
3: necessarily want to come into that firing line as well with yeah. the thought of, oh, no, if my form starts to dip like that, that's going to be aimed at me.
1: Aye. We probably have spent too long talking about Celtic fans, but aye. I I spent Over the just... last
3: two episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that...
0: Um, pack it any, basically. Aye, and again, and again, we'll stress that it's a minority. Aye. And it, and, it all, and it always has been talking about these sort of things that it is a minority, uh, and it doesn't. And unfortunately, the whole fan base gets painted in a bad light because of the, these minorities. But it's it's what happens. It's what is oh, what's yeah. happened recently, and it'll probably keep happening unless they turn the fortunes around, which is a shame. Uh, I mean, meanwhile, Rangers further extended their lead at the top of the table to currently sitting on thirteen points ahead. Um, against with a four nil away win against Ross County, another massively influential performance from James Tavernier from right back, taking his goal tally to sixteen for the season. And even without penalties, he scored seven from open play, which is absolutely fantastic from a full back. Graham, just just how good has he been this season?
2: The best player in Scotland, without a doubt. And one of the, one of the top right backs. In Europe, obviously the competition's not the same, but when you're producing as much as James Tavernier is for Rangers in both phases of the, of the game, he's a man at the top of his form right now.
0: It generally just is. Anytime you see a Rangers team get put out and you kind of look at the opposition they've got and you think well, it's not even a case of is Tavernier going to have a goal involvement? It's when is he going to like get on the score sheet or like get, a, get an assist for the forward and a roof or someone like that it's genuinely just a waiting game throughout that 90 minutes to see what Tav's going to do and when he's going to get involved it's and all that from right back is genuinely just ridiculous to be honest i mean the only other kind of right back i can see having been that influential on a team in recent memory is Trent Alexander-Arnold at Liverpool
2: which is not which is not a uh... Coincidence, Liverpool and Rangers play the same very very similar styles of football and then they narrow the wingers and like the fullbacks bomb down the wings mm. and that is why both of them have great attacking status that is because they, like, they are the wingers <laughs> they are essentially wingers at
0: points yeah. and it, no, just, it's just fantastic to see like, it's, it's I don't know I, I always kind of have like a softer spot for defensive players because I rumbling about. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I've always kind of got a more soft spot for defensive players, especially on attacking returns, because I used to play in defence when I was when I was younger. But it's just, it's just fantastic to see like one of the best players in Scotland, potentially the best player in Scotland, arguably, um, be producing these attacking numbers. So there was there was one, one thing I wanted to touch on as well from this game a bit of a kind of darker note potentially. Uh, I don't know. What everyone's seen about it, but there were reports of Michael Gardine making a racist comment towards Alfredo Morelos during proceedings. I mean, has there been any kind of clarity shown on that accusation? Or I
3: believe they're going to look Is
0: into that, it. Oh, I don't know if that was Sean or Go, Sean. <laughs> uh, I heard, it oh no, no. So, oh, sorry. I, 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 didn't, I didn't. You mean like the Sean name. a Light? Sh- as in S H O N E. Yeah. To have. I don't think. I
2: don't think it was a racial comment but I don't want to speculate on what it is we don't mm. know Gerrard said, said it's for Ross County to deal with and Stuart Kettle will say that they will they will uh, investigate and see what he said but I find it hard to believe it was a racial slur considering Tavernier was kind of joking with Garden in the second half and Jared was joking with Guardian after the game I don't yep. feel like players would do that if that was the case no. I suggested that maybe it was a sectarian term or Hun, to be quite honest or something like that I think <laughs> just, just come out and say it which which is not on the same level, but still something that you, you understand that they would be annoyed at. But we don't know yet. We just have to see, wait and see.
0: And it's like a serious allegation to throw around, though. I mean, especially just in kind of the current climate. And do you, do you think perhaps the proceedings down in Millwall, which I'll mention a bit later on, uh, might have kind of spurred that reaction from people from the kind of Rangers fans making that accusation?
2: No, I don't think it had any effect. I just think that Rangers players, you could tell when it happened, the Rangers players definitely heard something and they were like, to the referee and I was like, they've heard something, I want you to make sure you know what happened. And it's just like, you don't see players react to that, to comments like that very often, which I think mm. is why people had the reaction they did.
0: Right, there we go. Well, we'll just kind of have to wait and see what Ross County end up kind of doing about that situation. Uh, We'll just have a quick round-up of the Championship action before we head down south. Uh, Hearts got a decent 2-0 away win win at Martin, Uh, Jamie Walker scoring both the goals in that one. There's a match report of that game up on Energy Sport from Jamie if you want to get caught up on that fully. Air got another win away at Aloha with goals from Luke McCown and Andy Murdoch. Then Firmland came from behind against Wraith Rovers scoring two goals in two minutes to draw two all. And Joe Skid actually got a banker right by correctly predicting that Dundee would defeat Arbroath at home. But all that matters to me is that this weekend, Air One and Kilmarnock didn't. Even if they are a division apart, I still like to maintain that. Great, <sighs> lovely. Uh, let's move down. Uh, let's move down and have a look at some uh, premium Premier League nonsense. Uh, let's take a look at what happened that, is, that the, is that the segment name? I don't know. I, premium, uh, premium,
2: Premier League nonsense. Nah,
0: I, I, I don't know what the segment name is for this man. Like, I, I couldn't come up with a good one, so I just kind like gloss over it. Anytime I'm talking about it, uh, if, if anyone listening has a good name for a Premier League segment about kind of rounding up what's happened, let me know. Let any of us know. Uh, We'll start in North London where Jose Mourinho's Spurs painted the north of the city white by defeating Arsenal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium 2-0 with goals coming from heung Son and inevitably Harry Kane with the pair assisting each other for their goals once again displaying that prolific partnership. Struin, is this the real kind of marker of Tottenham's title challenge
3: really being on this season? Uh, no. no? The, reason, the reason why I say no is I think they, they still need to beat the smaller teams. I think the way... They've performed against Chelsea, Man City and Tottenham this season. has been very, very good. Against Tottenham? Against <laughs> City. sorry, did I? Arsenal. Arsenal, yeah. There, I'll go for again. Anyway, uh, yeah, the way they've performed in those games recently I think is a very good defensive display. But as we saw against the likes of West Brom, it took them to the very end to grab that last-minute winner. So I think a bigger test for that side this season will be if they can break down the smaller teams just just throughout the course and... Survive the injuries, to be honest, that are likely to come. And I, and I think the match with Liverpool will be absolutely massive this season. But it, it was a big statement, to be honest, even as poor as Arsenal are this season.
1: Spurs are definitely a tight race for me. I think that, um and I get what Stuart's saying that maybe this sort of side will struggle against the smaller teams, but I think they still have won the majority of those games. They're still top of the league, having played the same amount of games as everyone else. So, um, I think it's, it's exciting as well. I mean, it's prime Mourinho. It's hard to break down. I, I really didn't enjoy uh, Graeme Souness and Alex Scott sort of... At less You're so laying into Jimmy, it. Jamie Redknapp, wasn't it? but I uh, sort of saying how boring it was and all that sort of stuff. Like If, if it wins games, that's what matters. And I find that style of football... Uh, quite enjoyable to watch really but maybe that's my Steve Clark days coming out <laughs> I was a bit <laughs>
3: confused when they were you know they were seeing players like La so can't be enjoying to play this way but at the end of the day if you're going to win the Premier League title I think you'd be happy to play defensively
1: and he's turned them all into like bastards hasn't he that's what he said he mm. I mean, didn't he use the word bastard yeah, he, he, like he did
0: not but you cannot say that a one
1: worse <laughs> word than that I will not say it on this show but I like and I think they're enjoying it I think they seem to be and I just don't understand the criticism of that I think it's brilliant and mm. it's nice to see Spurs in that sort of in this weird season um, that Mourinho when what, what, what goal is it? is it the, the son or is the case? it's the son when when he does the celebration When he turns around and just has his arms outstretched while yeah. his assistant hugs him I just I, I love it I love him and I'm excited for this title
0: race that's what it's it is he's a good
3: personality it's, on the actually
0: it's Mourinho at the end of the day and Mourinho he kind of takes some time to settle in and properly instill his ideas as he did when he came in midway through last season and then he just turns teams into winners and it's no matter how ugly it is they do grind out results and that's making them a champion. So, it, it's, I don't like seeing it as a Chelsea fan in the equation but I, I do genuinely think that Spurs will be up there at the end of the season regardless of whether they win it or not. They probably will end up getting top four regardless of uh, regardless of whether they win it or not they'll be getting... I, I, I'd I probably stake, my, stake a claim and say they'll get top four even if there's a resurgence from the likes of United and Arsenal or even Leicester to an extent uh, I I would probably be fairly safe in my assumption that Spurs will get top four but that'll probably get clipped up and used against me by the time no. we get to the end of the season. I like that. I think it's a fair claim, yeah. Top three? Top, yeah, fair. I, I, I can't see any reason to suggest why not. Let's look at the other side of the coin because Mr Sinclair, you had some comments to make about Mikel Arteta in our group <laughs> chat last night. I think it was uh I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was along the lines of Mikhail fraud sack now.
2: I think the most damning indictment of this game is that I turned it off at half time because I knew it was done. I didn't watch it. I switched over to the Formula One mm. because the was well, It wasn't even done at half time. It was done the second son scored because Tottenham are great defensively and Arsenal are impotent in attack. They had 60% possession, I think, in the first half and yet didn't create a single half-decent chance in the entirety of it. And then at the end of the half, Spurs broke and Harry Kane slotted away, and game over. It was done, which I think is massive. So, yeah, I, I said, and I believe this, that our time's done. I don't think there's... A, I, don't, I don't think there's... A, I think the early signs that you saw from Arsenal when he came in where that he showed them up defensively but they were still able, able to create. But they are currently playing the worst football I've ever seen Arsenal play. Mm. And yet, that's fine and well if you're doing okay. But they're having the worst Premier League start they've ever had as well. It's not good enough. And then you still
1: I can't figure out why either. Like I don't know what it is about this Arsenal I know. Thing it's weird. It's like, as it's, soon as
3: Aubameyang stopped, they stopped. But... We know, how, we know how influential he, he, he was and how much.
2: Me, isn't it? He, he seems to have loyal to players that don't deserve it. Players like Willian, players like Lacazette, who oh, no, aren't, and they and and stuff they like aren't very good. Why? Then he goes and plays a different eleven in the Europa League, and granted the competition is... dead and from the League. But like a mould of that much worse than a team like West Brom? or you know, I'm not sure they are. But hmm. like they, they happen and then he goes and changes it after they win 4-1 in the Trap
3: I don't or understand. He, he signed Cedric and yet he's continually... And they also made sure that Ainsley Maitland has stayed at the club even though there was big interest in Wolves for like... I think it was a £20 million fee that they rejected. Aye, uh-huh. And yet he still pursues with Hector Bellerin being the number one choice right back who was substituted yesterday and replaced by the left winger in Saka. So, oh,
1: who can't take a throw? Yeah, who, who, <laughs> who, who, who <laughs> took, what
3: was it, two foul throws alone yesterday. Like, I, I, I'm really confused why, as Graham said, the loyalties are there to seven players.
1: The game and plan it, seemed. Sorry,
3: sorry. I was just going to say it, it seems like party. I know that's not on Arteta maybe more on the medical staff and party himself but he clearly that, wasn't fit to return that,
2: that is on Arteta though because I don't know if you've seen the thing of the second goal
3: yeah, he pushes him back on the pitch he pushes him back on the pitch yeah. to
2: go stop it that's, that's that's malpractice that's like just oh you're injured but ball we'll stop the goal that's, yeah. that's terrible
3: Aye, that's poor that's terrible management that's yeah I can understand both sides of the coin, and that you yeah, know you don't want, even if a player is injured, you don't want him coming off during that kind of phase of play. But at the same time, he'd probably made a few indications to Arteta on the bench prior to doing that that you know I'm I'm not feeling comfortable, and to the point where he, he literally had to come off, and then he's still pushing him back onto the pitch, like do something. But it's I, I don't really see how that's justified, to be honest.
2: I think the formation Arsenal play, I kind of limits some of the most important attacking players. I think playing T and centre half at this point should, should have run its course.
1: Yeah, and did he be go... on, so, on yesterday though? Uh, I'm not sure. To I'd
2: say, say it was
3: more. more I think it was more so back like to for me. further out. Yeah, he's
2: probably need, the most creative player. They need to put Yang through the middle. You need to put. They need to start Shackle on the right and they need to find somebody left. It, whether it's Reese Nelson, even if they're not that great, if it's Rhys Nelson, somebody else. Throw when Martinelli's back, something like that, because they just. Feel that like they are uh, square pegs round
1: holes right now. Danis Ceballos made a big difference when he came on as well. I really like Danis Ceballos, he moves the ball so well.
2: Yeah, and he's, always some, f- <laughs> he's also been very poor since he came mm. back. Yeah, I'm a bit unconvinced by
0: him. I, I just don't know what kind of player he is. Do you know Do you know it's one of them? Like I just don't know his purpose in that team sometimes. And maybe it's just, when I you know, catch I him. That's similar to I'm jump, always impressed it, by
1: Danis Ceballos really when I see him, but maybe it's just a catch him on. On good days. Another thing I think that's weird about this game, the game plan is the, the number of crosses going into the box. It was mm-hmm. 44 crosses yesterday, <laughs> what, and uh, the week before against Wolves, it was 33. Which Arteza at that point in that game of the Eminence said that it would, that was a great sort of lauded that the fact that if they keep putting that number of crosses in the box in a game, eventually they will score goals. Wolves and Spurs are both big physical teams <laughs> defensively, and they'll lap up the crosses all day. Exactly. And I just don't, I I don't know. It needs to be more smart than just like get more crosses into the box and eventually we'll we'll score. Um I think the Arsenal
0: really have any big aerial threats either. Like they would be Lacazia and the on the uh well not gonna say yeah.
3: But I
2: bet it's just a And so, if, right. see, if you
3: look at the way that Chelsea played against Tottenham the week prior, you could see that there wasn't that overcommitment from Chelsea. Yeah. In the sense that if you if you do overcommit on this Tottenham side, Harry Kane no, and no, young break, on and the two fun, of them alone. Yeah. Can basically counterattack you, and it happened twice against Arsenal. You know, after the first one, you'd think, right, don't let that happen again. And I know Thomas Party did go off injured in the second one, which is a bit of a shame. But once once Mourinho gets to two 0 that's basically game over, as we saw against Man City as well. There's just there's just no way to break down that defensive side. And I I, I would give as well as slagging off Arsenal, who were very very poor. I think Tottenham were very good defensively, especially the likes of Eric Dyer and Toby Alderweireld in centre half. Yeah, Eric and I thought Alray was, great, was really he? good defensively, yeah. and Hoybjerg again has
0: been fantastic. Graham put green put a good in, a shout in for Eric Dyer being a key man in that fixture on Friday, so I think he was very very well chosen in that. in your and your estimations there, Graham, that was a good shout from you. Thanks, very welcome.
1: You <laughs> see, Mourinho was saying about Hoybjerg being definitely being a manager when he's older. Like, that's he
0: just, a, that's an interesting comment to make. That kind of that early on into managing yeah, a player. He said that like every time
1: they do something in training he's constantly asking why are we doing this, what's the reason behind this, and I think you can see that in the way that he plays football, I don't, I feel like he's doing a slightly different role to what he did at Southampton, I didn't feel like he was this, he wasn't like the anchor is such as much, yeah. yeah exactly he wasn't as deep, but he does it fantastic, there was a few times yesterday we just read the game absolutely perfectly and just like nicked the ball and then got the counter attack going, Um and he's exactly the type of player that, in the mode of sort of Matic, that Mourinho will absolutely love, and he's going to just keep sort of kicking on. I think mm-hmm.
3: when he was at Bayern Munich, he got a lot of praise from praise, sorry, from Pep Guardiola, who was the manager at the time. So he's one of these ones who's sort of been identified from such a young age. But then at Southampton, you know, he did start quite well and got the captain's armband, but it seemed to just be a bit of a fallout there. And I think he only cost Tottenham about ten, fifteen million or something. I don't think he cost a lot, no. It's pretty incredible looking at it now. It was,
1: yeah, included in the Kyle
0: Walker-Peters deal, wasn't it? So it was I, think so. I think it was effectively like a
3: swap when the two fees got nearly cancelled out. It was one of them ones. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, one thing I do like, I wanted to bring out just before we move on, I know we spent a lot of time talking about this. There, there was a wee kind of moment from Harry Kane in this game, and I don't know if anyone else picked up on it. at I... <sighs> <The> foul foul. <laughs> sure. about when he just tries to murder people. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I saw that one like, isolated incident against Gabriel, and then I saw the compilation. <laughs>
3: Lalana <laughs> and the other. Old- Lalana <laughs> and Cresswell was the big one, aye. Hey.
0: And it, it was Lalana and then Cresswell. It was more the point. He he literally turned, saw Cresswell starting to jump, and they just started ducking as he backed into him.
3: Like, it was very dangerous. I think. How yeah, I mean, is that like allowed? Jacko basically cross Harry Hurricane as well in the first half and didn't get booked until I, I think was the seventy fifth minute it took for him to get a booking. But I, I do agree, Kane is that's very right' <laughs> I, I think there's
2: an argument that they're, they're all red cards.
3: There is. No, I'd yeah. agree yeah, with that. Yeah. It's,
0: it's more, more so the Cresswell one because the angle that I'm seeing it just now, you actually get the angle of the camera looking at the pair of them face on and Kane literally turns as he sees Cresswell watching the ball, his arm swinging back to jump and then starts tucking his body in.
2: I watch a lot of basketball and I see if somebody's up for like a dunk or something mm-hmm. and somebody just pushes them away. That's a, it's called a flagrant two. You get ejected from the game. It's essentially a red card.
0: Anything similar like it's saying as well. It, that sort of maneuver it's illegal in rugby. Like you would get you would get punted off the the pitch for that in rugby as well.
3: It's, the one the only other incident I could think of on a football pitch that's kind of comparable is um, do you know when a goalkeeper's jumping to get the ball and they tend to lead with a foot almost to like keep players away? There's that mm-hmm. sort of. Do you know no, what I mean? Like when they're jumping. No, up he's on,
2: jumping, strewn. Sometimes it's when your star centre halfs running to try and get the ball. And I knew it. it I
3: knew it was there. I knew it was going <laughs> to bring pick for Duff. Potentially, yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like well, that's not punishable because it's technically not a foul. It's just oh, the oh, I was just doing it, blah blah blah. But I think that's the only incident I can compare to in football where you're clearly doing something that's wrong, but it's not going to be picked up on.
0: I think that's I really like Harry Kane. Like I think he's a very, very good footballer, but that that's genuinely like horrid. <laughs> Mameses it's Sahari like two-footing somebody.
1: Yeah. My message to Harry Kane is try that against Declan Gallagher, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> he'd just get
0: bounced back. Like he'd, he'd go flying forward. Somehow would
1: Kane would have the broken neck just by trying it.
0: <laughs> he, he Gallagher looked, just lands on him when he, he tries. He'd tuck in and Declan Gallagher would pull his legs up and then just put his
3: neck, his knee down the back of Kane's neck and then it would be lights. try it, Didn't Hane. Didn't go Kane on, also it. get a penalty in the one against Lallana? Didn't he get the foul yeah. for that? He got the penalty. Which is absolutely I don't see and because how... he was given that, he probably now thinks himself, I can try that again. You know, they're, they're gonna must... give it to me. It got VAR checked and everything and they still well, that's what
1: I mean. We have VAR, so what it must be something in the rules that says is that you're allowed to if someone jumps near allowed to They're going with the, going with the John, with John your McGinn neck. approach. They're
0: going with the John McGinn approach. Like lead with your arse and you'll be fine. <sighs> it's so bad. Anyway. That's a lot of chat about the North London derby. You've got other games to get through and not much to. It was, time to it. And it was a lot to talk about. Uh well, Take our attention to Saturday because I want to highlight Struan's team once again. Uh, they came from behind to away at the London Stadium running it as 3-1 winners over West Ham. Bruno Fernandes grabbing an assist for the equaliser. Uh, Mason Green would put the Red Devils ahead with Marcus Rashford sealing the win with United's third. Uh, Sean, United started this game with both uh, Rashford and Fernandes on the bench. They come on at half-time and United look like a completely different animal. Are they up there in terms of being the most influential players in the league?
1: Um maybe not Rashford I, li- I really like Marcus Rashford and I think he gets uh, a bit too much criticism but I, I think this United team could still m- be effective without him Bruno Fernandes on the other hand just as a fantastic footballer um, I seem to remember somebody on the first ever e- or the first episode of season 2 of Extra Time saying that Bruno Fernandes was overrated I can't quite remember who that
0: was um, it was Jack and then... I knew it was there I wasn't going to bet I
3: wasn't going to bet <laughs> I remembered that.
0: I might need. I might need to go back and, and listen to that clip and, like exactly because I don't. I can't remember if those were my exact words. I think he said he'd been a bit overhyped. From what? Yeah. It, yeah fair, I right. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's I the thing. I, I, ne- I never judge on ability. I judge on reaction. <laughs> like he was getting far too much attention at that point. You don't
1: actually watch the football. You just check
0: Twitter and just go. <laughs> oh, this is a bit too much. <laughs> No, it was, it was. I think I'll make I'll make my argument because it was at that point like he'd come in in January and was getting put in team of the seasons. Aye, no, like, that. Aye, that aye. that was my argument there. But yeah, no, if I some could that as like over over overrated, then fair enough. I'll hold my hands up. But I, I know I know the case that I was arguing. <laughs> no, but he's just very good. Yeah, it's That's pretty very much good. it. Yeah, but I mean, it just it was just and ins- really interesting to me the fact that West Ham were looking the much better team in the first half. Uh, had the bulk of the chances could have been kind of a couple of goals up and you know Jared Bowen had a decent chance kind of or it was Jared Bowen or someone else just towards the very end of the first half just before half-time blew, and then Fernandez comes on at half time and just it's a completely different ball game from that point in. I mean Stuart, Str- I mean we had a lot of conversation about West Ham on Friday, and talking about Moyes and the revenue new contract and what you've done for this team, but that first half performance were you were you really concerned by that or did you kind of have that backwards? The mentality of, oh, Fernandes is on the bench,
3: he'll come on and we'll be fine. It was a bit mixed because one of the problems with United this season, and I said it a few times, is inconsistency. You know, player quality, they can, they can beat any team in world football, you know, the squad is very good, but it's, it's about finding that consistency. And I think in the first half, it was just again, you know, United have now won nine away league games in a row, and in the last that's five, Neville. they've been behind and come back to win, which oh, is crazy. pretty incredible. You know, Gary Neville was making the point in commentary. That you know, they just need to concede to wake up, and then Patrice Everett, even at half time, he wasn't really laying into any of the players because he said, you know, jokingly, but quite serious at the same time, saying, you know, we need to wait for the second half because they could come back, and they did, and even, even the players who were very poor. And it's going to sound a bit seldom for me, but I thought Scott Torn was absolutely awful in that first half. I'd, I'd probably identify him and Paul Pogba, who it's true, you feeling all a... right? Genuinely, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm a bit queasy, but um. <laughs> In in a 4-2-3-1, you know, your two midfielders that are in that pivot, basically, they they control the flow of the game. And it seemed that the two of them were constantly giving the ball away. Mm. They were were just a bit all over the shop. They couldn't get van de Beek into the game. The front three were And yet van de Beek was a man sacrificed for Fernandes. I think that was the right um, option to pick at the time because I think you need to keep a holding midfielder on with Scott McTominay. And I think Pogba will probably be rested for midweek against Leipzig. So I think this was his chance to sort of proved the manager wrong whereas I think van de Beek over the last few weeks has kind of said you know yeah I'm good enough for this game and I think at the moment Pog was probably one of those players who can produce that moment of magic ahead of van de Beek which he did in that game whether or not the ball went out is another question but I think I think there is a clear lack of consistency with this team but, but there are definitely positive signs but I would I would also give West Ham credit who had a knob for an unbelievable challenge from wan and a slip from Haller could probably have been 3-0 up at halftime. And by that point even even with these comebacks I don't think United could've made anything with that. Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. No,
0: it's I d I don't know, for for me just kinda of, I didn't watch this game in particular. But I, I just kinda of saw United go one 0 down and then sort of half
3: time Bruno Fernandes kinda of came on. And at that point I was thinking to myself, that'll probably go United's way. And Created eight chances in the second half, which I think was more than anyone has in a single game this season, and he only played forty-five minutes of it, which is pretty incredible. But I th- yeah, I, th- I think I think it wasn't just Bruno Fernandez. I don't know if it was just a voice on the pitch, the confidence that the team knew they had him. But yeah, it was just it was just a totally different team. A, a game of two halves, generally, is how I would describe that.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but
3: it, it's quite crazy because if West Ham had won that, they would have gone third, which is that's mad, crazy <laughs> considering. West Ham, you know, were in the relegation zone last season. West but Ham
0: in third who would have thought it. Not me.
3: Absolutely crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, well,
0: look at them. <laughs> we'll move on, we'll have a quick look at a very dominant performance in Merseyside from Liverpool. Uh, home to Wales running it with four 0 winners in a game where a few of us have kinda of predicted things to be a bit more difficult for Liverpool. I can hear Graham getting ready because he knows I'm coming to him. Uh, but they proved Doubters uh, wrong once again and kept pressure on Spurs at the top of the table. Graham satisfied with this one, I take it.
2: Absolutely. They were very comfortable for most of this game. I think 4-0 maybe flatters them a little bit, but they were the better team throughout, and it's good to see a dominant performance because it's been sh- they've struggled a little bit in the last two or three games. I would say this game is more of an indictment on what's happening to happen to Wales star striker, but for, from a lower Pro perspective, it was very comfortable and then they get a week, Essentially, their main players all get a week off because they've got a nothing game in the Champions League.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to kind of rapid fire through a couple of games before we get on to the last hit of challenge where we can cover a few things that we've got kind of coming up this week and one thing from the weekend there. Uh, Chelsea continued their decent spell of form, running at three one winners over Leeds at Stamford Bridge. Some argued though it could have been more, especially if Timo Werner had brought his shooting boots. But with the past couple of weeks in mind, it seems that he might have left him in Leipzig. I mean, what what do we reckon about Timo Werner? Is, is he just off to a really bad start at Chelsea? Or is he still. Or is he put, just being a bit less clinical and he's still kind of putting in decent performances? Because he did assist the third and final goal that Christian Pulisic managed to put in the back of the net.
3: I think he's one of those who's going to suffer from their price tag and that, you know, a £50 million striker, he has to hit the ground running type thing, especially after Tammy Abraham had quite a good season last year and it sort of looked like, oh, you know, he's getting replaced. And as Graham has pointed out a few times, you know, Olivier Giroud is also a very good striker. So to be to be the number one to come in for that kind of fee, I think you almost you have to be perfect. But I think he is still doing good. You know, it's every miss is going to be all over Twitter, but you won't see every goal all over Twitter. There'll be far more attention on... The things he's doing wrong, rather than the things he's doing well. But you know, it's only been what three months or something. I think he'll definitely become better as the season goes on.
0: No, I'd, I'd agree. Like, I think there was an article that Liam Toomey had written for the Athletic, where he was saying like with the statistics and everything behind him, Werner was like he was being a little bit wasteful, but he was still being effective in attack. So I, I'm still I'm still expecting things like kind of decent things from him. I mean, what was it? It was. Just under £45-50 million they paid for him, which is the same as Torres. And <laughs> I'm honestly, early signs are kind of hopefully suggesting that he won't go down the same uh, avenue that Torres did during his time at Chelsea. Uh, I think I think we're just about ready to move on. I don't really think there was much else. I mean, Palace got a massive win, scoring five against uh, West Brom in games that they've blanked and <laughs> they've blanked in terms of scoring recently, which was a bit of a shock. To some of his, uh, Leicester got a very good win yesterday against Sheffield United. Vardy creating a bit of drama, as he always likes to do, scoring late on, smashing up a corner flag and then being accused of homophobia.
3: Whereas, can, I, can I ask you three a question about that? Please that do. Game? If you guys were John Egan or Chris rather, would you have taken Jamie Vardy down and taken the red card and taken a point? Even if it had meant you'd have then missed the next three games mm. with a suspension. Yes yeah to
0: be honest I, yeah, think, I, I don't
3: know Sheffield United's run but yeah they've got they've got Aston Villa and Man United I think as the next two games but I think oh, Southampton United and Brighton at the same time yeah. yeah. so I, th- I think away against Leicester Jamie Vardy running through if he gets one on one it's a goal I, w- I would per- personally I'd be very tempted to take him out because you never know how big that point could be especially against a massive club well not massive but like a team as good as Leicester are this season Yeah, if it was a Mourinho team I think they would have taken that <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we know what Mourinho's like. Yeah, he knows you know, what we want. That, that's
0: that made it's the issue itself isn't funny, but the kind of reaction was when um, Vardy smashed at the corner flag, and I think it was the one tweet that was. It's like I oh, forgive me if I'm looking too deep into this, but I've not seen Jamie Vardy smash up any other corner flag. But when it's got the pride flag on it, he chooses to smash it up, and it's like you click on the clip, and you literally hear the commentator go, "The boyhood Sheffield Wednesday fan." It's just shit house, isn't it? <laughs> prime <laughs> shithouse. I said that's <laughs> a very prime shithouse. Honestly, uh, right. We're going to move on into last It challenge, which is where we try to cover up, cover everything that we missed from the kind of bigger stories coming out of the weekend and preview any big news this week in football. Uh, we alluded to it. Ah, uh, we'll start things off a bit more serious. I know we've not got a lot of time, or we. I mean, we've got time, but probably want to spend a fair bit of time on this. Fans returned in some areas of England, London especially, uh, this weekend. And the kind of first instance of seeing that on Saturday was at the Den, which is Millwall's home ground. And they were playing at home to Derby. And with the current season, uh, players and teams, are, if they so choose, are still uh, adopting the gesture of taking the knee in support of the Black Lives Matter campaign and the, mur- and the murder of George Floyd in America. And as soon as the players did, Millwall fans booed. All the Millwall fans were in the grounds. It wasn't just an isolated incident of one or two. There was a genuine chorus of boos, and it was—I I can't even say infuriating because it was so much more than that. It was genuinely sickening. Honestly, like players and the fans, not well, obviously not fans. Players and the clubs and the governing bodies have built up such a such a consistency of supporting these issues. And then, as soon as fans are back in stadiums, and they still display the same issues, they get berated for it by their own supporters. Which, for me, for me anyway, was just dis- absolutely disgusting. And I suppose one argument that came out of it is uh, that some some are saying that the uh, taking the knee was becoming a bit more of an empty gesture recently, just because it's been done. But then fans coming in that shows exactly why it still needs to be done, and why it still does have significance. Because when you've got people like that, still combating it and combating the what it, the gesture actually means it just strengthens the case for the gesture to be there in the first place but that, that, that was my thoughts so I didn't know if anyone else had anything they wanted to add into the conversation
2: second thing but not surprising It's kind of I, all yeah. I have to add to that
0: mm. it's unfortunately it's it's terrible that it
2: is that case it seems, seems like it was a it wasn't like a spur of the moment it seems like it was a planned thing it's like we're going to do this and then they cover up their actions. And say, oh, we're booing the Black Lives Matter political movement as well. If that doesn't exist, then you find something else to yep. you find another re- excuse to boo race and be racist because you're you're a bigot. It's that simple. Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah.
1: latching onto that excuse, isn't it, Graham? It's. Mm-hmm. it's the, I've seen some Millwall fans or the, the Millwall Supporters Club, in fact, make the argument that they've never booed kick it out or any of these sorts of organisations, and it's because it's now become even more heightened in our society this Mm -hmm. discussion and because they now have there was no sort of option of an an out route in the case of kick out or whatever but now because there is that very weak argument that you can disagree with the political side of Black Lives uh, Matter that they can now boo that or feel that they can openly boo that, it's disgusting Gary Rowett I thought was really weak after the game sort of saying that some of the players don't agree with the political side of it which is just I mean, even if that is the case from the players, I don't know why you would throw them under the bus like that, because it just comes across as ignorant and stupid. Absolutely. Um, I think a really interesting thing is that QPR, who were the first club to sort of take a step back from taking the knee... Um,
0: and they justified their actions. Les Ferdinand spoke out and he explained and why they were choosing mm-hmm. to do so. Made course. a lot of
1: sense. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, Initially, when I saw that clip of QPR not taking the knee, I was like, what is going on here? And then you hear what Les Ferdinand had to say... And it made a lot of sense. They are now, they go to the den on Tuesday and they are now going to take the knee in that game to, solely to make the point. And I think that's an absolutely fantastic message um, from one of the most uh, diverse and inclusive clubs in, in not just England but the UK. I think they do a fantastic job and I think that's a massive statement to send. Yeah. And to be honest, I just think that um, because of the situation we're in, track and trace and all that sort of stuff, this should be the easiest lifetime bans that people give out. I think it's disgusting. I don't think they should be allowed back to the football.
0: Uh, yeah, I, agree with that. I completely agree with that. It just—it was running. So, it ran so deep in the club, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to throw Millwall under the bus completely, like because it mm, was their totally fans, but took them far too long to issue an apology. Yeah, and and it was in their match report that uh, that I got highlighted to but someone I follow on Twitter. Mm. One of the, the one of the lines was roared on by two thousand fans, and what a great sight it was. The game got underway. Yeah, yeah them, some of the media. I watched BT. I was on BT Sports
2: Score, and they clarified. They kind of clarified that they were like, my fans are doing the the political movement, not the message." Which I thought was put, which was quite proof on them as well. Just mm. yeah. quite. Some, the- call it racist for being racist. That's all I ask.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're gonna call something, I don't dance around it. Like that. That's what. That's what one of the main things of the whole movement has been is the fact that. If If you are wanting to be a good person, you need to call out these instances and say call them from what they are, which was not done by a lot of kind of the media and the reaction to this game, which isn't the right thing to do, and it's just ignorance and trying to kind of throw throw it under the rug and just forget about it as quickly as possible. But what one thing that I took away from it as well, Wayne Rooney on Twitter just put out an entire statement on kind of behalf of the club which you don't see a lot of managers with social media in the first place, but for Rooney to put that out from himself and um, before the club even had done something, if I'm right, I I haven't seen it, I haven't paid attention to Derby to see if they've put a statement out, but that just kind of speaks volumes about where the opposition were standing on this and it kind of gives a good account of Derby specifically and Wayne Rene as a manager kind of showing himself to be opposing this directly rather than just waiting for the club to put out a statement the manager himself was going out and defending the statement and fighting against the racism which I think we need a bit more of it we just need more and more people speaking up about it and just hopefully one day nothing like that is nothing like that would happen because it's just concerning that it still does happen but at the same time Graham kind of summed it up with kind of, that kind of history that Millwall fans have, it wasn't overly surprising which is the saddest thing about the whole kind of ordeal for me
1: and Here's a reminder that Millwall lost
3: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Did Derby win? That's fantastic He did, absolutely fantastic I, 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 I bet we were all absolutely, like, I don't know if anyone else but I was keeping up with that score the whole game just hoping, after no ties to Derby at all, just Delighted for them, hundred percent. Karma
0: is an absolute bitch sometimes, but not in this instance. It was absolutely rightly deserved. Uh, something more positive that we can look forward to. We've got World, qual- world Cup qualifying draw tonight, five pm. That's kicking off. It's Scotland in Pot Three. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, thank you. Uh, with a few fair teams that we could get matched up against. How are we feeling? Are, are we excited for this? Are we kind of just anticipating who we're going to get? Or are we just feeling the worst?
3: Uh, it's probably the most confident I've ever felt going into a World Cup draw to be honest.
2: I just, absolutely just love play. draws. I Even though they take about 30 minutes to get started, once <laughs> they get in I absolutely love watching them. I think it's great fun it's so, like oh what group are they got because they've got all these stupid rules like oh they can't go in this because of tv rights so or they're at war <laughs> oh but we're at war we can't go in <laughs> the same group are <laughs> like oh so are you going to go into group g oh no
1: russia in group g ukraine go in a h oh that's great i just saw that <laughs> uh, like someone put up their ideal group and then uh, someone replied saying i don't think bosnia and kosovo can get drawn in the same group <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that wouldn't go well. But Who are we hoping wait. for? Who because we, uh, Israel? Well, I mean, we're not hoping Fingers for them. We're, we're getting them. There, there's no, there's no qualms about it. We get Israel what about um, Wales Wales would be
3: an interesting one we'll I'd could like Wales. I wouldn't I mind think
2: Wales
1: we could beat
2: them. I'd like something like Romania or Slovakia from that pot there the two weak sides yeah. I, I, like I think in the
3: top one out. Denmark and Italy are probably the weaker ones
1: it- Italy it- not Italy? some mad winning run uh, Mate, i would I've not. Want someone to else against... suggest that but
0: I think Roberto Mancini's turned the round I would not want to go against Tiro Immobile to be quite honest with you I'll um, so be fine so lethal
2: Croatia or England in yeah.
0: there? Yeah, but yeah. but pot one's oh, not Craig, pot, actually, yeah.
2: pot one's not much of a thing. If you, you get your pot one team, you get your pot one team. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, that, a that's gonna, a write off. It's,
1: it's your, your two. It's case. your two and your four. Second or good. second's good enough to. Eat. top two get through, don't they?
3: Yeah, yeah. And and I think there's. Is it a best player. off yeah. third,
2: sir? Second get playoffs. There's no. It's a World Cup, mm. so there's lots of spots. Oh, true. So,
3: I, think, yeah. um, I think Scotland could take quite a lot. Of the pot two teams, to be perfectly honest
0: i think Switzerland Poland maybe, maybe. Uh, Poland. No, they're the worst ones are they not I thought Poland
3: mm, I'd, I'd rather Poland I'd, I'd, I think I'd rather play Poland than Switzerland uh,
0: Ukraine in there Serbia no we I mean... don't want Ukraine no no <laughs> no Ukraine <no>, are <laughs> on the no, up. I know Ukraine are no, no. Serbia well, but well history I've been there done easy man. Turkey <laughs> take that I'd take Turkey mm-hmm. Turkish football's a mess they're, their national team's a bit better
2: but I'd still right. take them
0: uh, pot four, you've got uh, Bosnia, Slovenia, Montenegro, Macedonia, Albania. Uh, Israel has pair. There's Georgia in there. Luxembourg would be. Is this is Bosnia. Really? Bosnia,
1: those you want to avoid?
2: Ah,
0: I Israel, think Bosnia's the worst. No. I don't want to play Israel or Georgia. Yeah, Israel obviously. But... Georgia, no, I wouldn't want to play Georgia again because I can't be, I can't be honest, I'm losing <laughs> to Georgia. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> uh, pot five and then pot six. Pot pot five and pot six. It kind of doesn't. Almost doesn't matter, pot five might be a bit more tricky. I
2: Kosovo in there, Kosovo
0: or Kosovo. Yeah, no yeah. Yeah. Is that Azerbaijan in there? Estonia oh, yeah. as well? Jack knows his flags.
3: Somebody's <laughs> played FIFA. <Peter.
0: laughs> Cyprus are Cyprus there, Armenia. Hmm. All
2: right, stop showing off now. That
0: that just looks like a heart Ooh. flag, I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's, Latvia. Just, <laughs> it's Latvia. It's just maroon and white. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie McIntosh Latvia. had made this. <laughs> Uh, aye no but I, 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 I'm I, confident confident of at least second I'll
1: sh-
2: oh, I don't I'll go the to group. See
0: the group <laughs> I am not <don't laughs> the Euros right, we're, we're d- going to the Euros yeah <laughs> in case anyone's forgotten we're just going to remind you once again we are going to the Euros yeah so no looking forward to that draw tonight uh, just to round off the show I suppose we've got our European fixtures again this week the last round of the group stages for the Champions and Europa Leagues how are we feeling? How are we, are we kind of any ties to kind of look out for? Barcelona, Juventus, of course, tomorrow. Uh, Messi it's and Ronaldo.
3: This, it's on at the same time as United, Leipzig. There's
2: only, two, there's only two groups to really focus on in the Champions League. They are my news group, Group H, and Group a, the Inter-Real, real global Other than that, most of the stuff is settled. I don't Ajax, maybe Liverpool's group, that's a big game, but for the most part, I would focus on those two groups in this, on each night.
1: Yeah, quite annoying though that the the big man new game is like that has a lot written on it at the same time as your potential Messi Ronaldo showdown. Just wouldn't want to miss out on that. But Messi hasn't, <laughs> I like, think much in the Champions League w- this year lineups
0: are gonna determine what I what game I yeah. to try and find a stream for tomorrow night. I mean, watch them, legally, obviously.
1: Yes, of course. Pay your broadcasters. I, you I actually broadcast at Atlanta on, uh,
0: Yeah, I'd be. that would be an I think it would be a watch. very good game. Re- Real Madrid Gladbach just screams upset. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, upset. Israel, the win. Win. The upset. yeah, things win. <laughs> <laughs> Inter could be interesting. Saktor have been like very good in this competition as it's been shown. So what what can happen? I'm just looking at this table.
2: Well, if I thought out right, for the both Ukrainian teams? We want them to do really bad because that can help Scotland get the direct Champions League stage place. The so season
0: after, this, season after next, I'm cheering yeah. on Antonio Conte once again. Boys, it's fine the Teodorian oh,
2: Kiev K- K- have to lose to f- away, at home to Ferdinand Suarez, which isn't going to happen. Mm. But well, we do us a
1: favour. You've got you've, that team's brought us some joy this season. Oh,
0: you go do it again.
2: We also, <laughs> have, we also have European juggernauts, Strangers FC, that can get us points.
0: They, they do, do. Yeah, yeah, we do indeed. Uh, Rangers in action on Thursday, of course, as our Celtic Rangers away to Lech Poznan, Celtic at home to Lille. A win and a loss, or...?
2: Depends on Team Rangers play.
0: Oh, really? Do you think do you think they'll kind of rest or rotate? He
2: alluded to it last week, and I wouldn't do it. I think they should be going for top of the group, because the difference between the teams you can draw is massive. But I think there's a oh, chance... You, can't, you, you can get it. a
0: Champions League drop out if you finish top, a.
3: One no, of you them can, could no, be no, Real Madrid.
2: No, you, still, you still can. It's like, it's like the Champions League 4-4. Four, four. Four, four teams with the most points go into the seeds, four teams with the least points go into the... Really? Which Ooh. means, that, I think it's uh, Salzburg, RB Salzburg and Leverkusen, sorry, RB, RB Salzburg and AC Milan the two teams in uh, set the unseeded right now that Rangers wouldn't want to avoid, but they have to beat Poznan, or better, sort of, you benefit as Benfica's result if they went top.
0: Mm. Do you think they will? Yeah, sure, why not.
3: Sure, why not.
0: Any thoughts <laughs> about Celtic at home to Lille? Four goal loss. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Leela are like two points off the top of the French league No, I We I wouldn't are... fancy Celtic to do anything. Well, Celtic concede?
2: Will Celtic go past the 20-goal threshold in the Hero... Europa League? It depends. How about, about it. we all take
3: a bet right now what minute Celtic will concede in? Oh, uh, 13th. Whoever...
0: Concede the fourth? or <laughs> <laughs> We are becoming a very anti-Celtic podcast, aren't we?
2: Celtic... <laughs> I love it. No, no, no way, we need not to it.
0: give
3: this game. This game means nothing. Really. We have to give it some meaning to us. Uh... 13th minute, Celtic concede their first.
1: Um, I'll go for the 67th minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Statements. <laughs> the content.
1: Graham.
2: I think it be two in a always was going the 18th and 88th minute.
1: String, you've got to go with the, the 10. I'll go for Is
0: 10. It? No, the 10, they're <laughs> going to get this. yeah. 10. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's closest gets what? Um, Pride. To laugh.
3: Gets the first ever football roundup prize. Which is going to be. The title of being the person to get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not shelling out. We're, we're doing Secret Santa already. We're not shelling out more than once for someone. Anyway, that is going to bring this episode of the football roundup to a close. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Energy Sports Podcast feed wherever you get yours and follow us on Twitter at Sport to keep up to date with all of our sports content. Thank you very much to Struant, Graham and Sean for joining me today. Be sure to check out Extra Time late in the week and the Fancy Ramble on Friday. But until then, I've been Jack Donnelly. This has been the Football Roundup. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.